Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 162 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Once again, the weather has me beat, but there's warmer weather heading our way. And so I'm starting my queen rearing program. short and sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. Hello everyone, it's podcast time again. I trust you're all safe, well, and if you're local to me, managing to dodge the showers. More on that shortly, but first I wanted to thank and give a shout out to Simon Morgan. He's the Simon of Beekeeping Supplies Company, Simon the Beekeeper. As you may know, I've been trying out a new bee suit this season, which I purchased from their website. That's simonthebeekeeper.co.uk. Well, Simon caught sight of the video of me wearing the bee suit and got in touch. We've had a brief email conversation and he's very kindly sending over a genuine Nico queen rearing kit for me to use and demonstrate on video in the coming weeks. So, Simon the Beekeeper, for those of you who don't know, is a business here in the UK. It's a beekeeping supplies business who supply a wide range of very affordable beekeeping equipment, not just for the beginner beekeeper, but for all levels of experience. Products ranging from hive tools to beehives, bee suits to uncapping tools. Simon the Beekeeper has a great selection for all your beekeeping needs, so do check out his website with an ever-expanding catalogue of beekeeping products at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk. The reason I'm so delighted to have had that online conversation with Simon is that we're about to start our queen rearing, and the Nico system is my preferred setup for this season. We've been delaying and delaying the start of our queen rearing just because the weather has been so terrible. And to be honest, other distractions have got in my way. But my biggest worry has always been getting those new queens mated in a timely and effective way. It wouldn't be a normal podcast if I didn't touch on the weather. So influential to all that we do with our beekeeping. And finally... We appear to be heading out of that extended cold, wet spring and into the beginnings of some warmer weather. It is nearly the end of May, for goodness sake. I don't think I've ever experienced such a long, drawn-out cold period as this at the start of the beekeeping season, and it plays havoc with the plans that we had way back in February. It also shortens our season dramatically, Wait for this, I'll be finished with the summer honey production for this year in just nine weeks' time. My summer crop is removed around the end of July, and then we start the process of treatments and feeding to get the bees into and out of the long winter months. That, however, is in the, well, not-so-distant future, but there's a lot of beekeeping to get through and a lot of beekeeping plans to get stuck in before then. Here in the UK... We have a bank holiday this weekend, an extra day off on Monday for all the nine to fivers. I guess most people have these bank holidays plugged into their normal working week these days. But if you're lucky enough to have a long weekend, then here in the UK at least, it looks like it might be warming up. Sunny and dry at long last. I may even fire up the pizza oven and get creative. 
No long weekends for me, though. The queen-rearing programme will need my attention, and setting everything up requires some very specific timing. Once set up and initiated, the clock starts ticking, and no amount of bank holidays or rain will stop or slow down the process. So I thought I would share with you pretty much the entire planned process, together with the timings, to give you a flavour of what's involved. Hopefully it'll make sense, but anyway, this process can be adjusted to suit any queen rearing. So if you only want a couple of new queens to replace or build up stock, it's fundamentally the same process and the same timings. The queen rearing process can be split into several smaller steps, each with their own timetable and each requiring a little planning on the part of the beekeeper. Firstly, we need to select the colony we want to produce the new queens from the egg donor colony. Undoubtedly for me calmness is the top of the list in terms of selection criteria and I suspect it's the same for most beekeepers. There's always going to be some beekeepers out there who would probably favour another trait for their first selection but it's a bit like saying would you prefer cheese or tomatoes on your margarita pizza. Obviously you want both so if someone says they put honey production before temper on their selection list I can go with that too. Let's not quibble over the finer points of the selection process. I have a couple of colonies in mind, both homebred queens, nice colonies in general terms. I guess you'd call them good all-rounders. I don't have the time to delve deep into potential combinations of subspecies of honeybees, rather choosing to select from what I have and continue the kind of pick-and-mix style as we go on. We do get an occasional rogue, but we also get an occasional gem, so it all evens out in the end. Selection made, we then turn towards the method of queen rearing. As I said earlier, we're using the Nico method again this year, but we'll also try out a few of the other methods in the next few weeks. The process is simple enough. The queen is trapped in a square comb structure and hopefully lays eggs in the cells where we want her to. Here's where the timing is important. We need to transfer those eggs as they change into very young larvae. I have used just eggs successfully in the past, but generally we would look to use the larvae that are literally hours old. Once we have those larvae, they're moved into what's known as a cell builder or finisher colony. For me, it's a combination of the two types in one to minimise the need to move queen cells from one colony to another. But I know other beekeepers use separate cell builders and separate finisher colonies. For me, this can be set up in one of two ways, either as a hopelessly queenless colony, single brood box, or some other setup such as the cloakboard hive, and that's what we'll use. What we're going to do is set up the cloakboard colony using several steps. It needs plenty of bees and also needs to be well provisioned. This means feeding or a very strong nectar flow. And given our current situation with the weather, it's going to be feeding this time round. We don't need to do anything with the cloakboard colony until the day we introduce the larvae. But to get it very well stocked with bees, I usually combine two or even three colonies using the newspaper method, making a couple of the three colonies queenless first. So the young larvae, when ready to go into the cloakboard setup, are at this point somewhere on day four of the schedule. We're now looking at another three and a half to four days of feeding before these cells are capped over. And once the cells are capped over, they can be moved out pretty much any time to mating nukes, be it 
the smaller queen mating nukes or a hopelessly queenless nuke or hive. This year I'm going to use both. We have perhaps 20 of the queen mating mini nukes and they've always been tricky for me previously but we're going to give them another try and we'll be using some of the BS Honey 2-in-1 nukes to raise three frame mini colonies. This way we can maximise our queen production using the minimum amount of resources. One of the benefits of using the cloakboard setup and removing the capped queen cells early is we can then introduce another round of queen cell frames into the cell builder colony quickly. The queen cells are only going to be in the cloakboard unit for maybe five days maximum, so we can get a decent number of queens produced in rapid succession. The aim is for each builder or finisher setup we have, we can produce up to 20 queen cells each in around a five day cycle. The trick is making sure we have enough mating nukes for the virgin queens when they're ready. There's no point in producing 100 queen cells if you only have five mating nukes to put them in. This means another planning session to identify which colonies to use as splits for these nukes, which to use for the cloakboard colonies, and not forgetting we also need drone colonies to complete the mating process. Once the queens go into the mating nukes around day nine or thereabouts, we then need another week or so to allow the virgin queens to emerge. Maybe another week to mate and to start laying, this is the point previously I've got horribly wrong with the mating nukes and they've flown the box before I've been able to get them into a larger nuke. It's why I like the larger nuke boxes. Not only do you have a larger area for the queen to start laying in, but there's no need to move her from this box into another larger box, unless of course you're looking to requeen another colony or build that nuke into a full-size colony by putting them into a full-size hive. So my timings this week are as follows. Before the weekend, identify the egg donor colonies, the cloakboard colonies, and move them to the same apiary. This is going to be the queen rearing apiary that we normally use at the fishing lakes. At the same time as identifying the egg donor colonies, I'll introduce the Nico frame. Look out for the pictures and videos on Patreon. And the reason for introducing is not for the queen to lay into the cells, but rather for the workers to prepare those cell cups for the queen to lay into. A little cleaning and polishing if you like. I'll probably run a little nectar over the cell cups as they're brand new and it'll give the workers a little incentive to get in and clean them out. I want to remove the very young larvae into the cloakboard colony on Tuesday of next week. So the queen needs to lay her eggs on Saturday afternoon. Now I know I can ask, but she might not be willing. So a little flexibility here means Tuesday or Wednesday is our moving day. I'll go back to the apiary on Saturday afternoon and put the queen into the Nico cage, trapping her on the 110 cell cups where she'll now have nowhere else to lay. So fingers crossed she helps me out. For each 20 young larvae, I need a cell building colony. I think for the purposes of demonstration, I'll use the cloakboard, but also set up a hopelessly queenless colony. This means that to get a hopelessly queenless colony ready for Tuesday next week, I need to remove the queen at least four or five days beforehand. This will allow me to go back in and remove any queen cells at least a day or two before we introduce our cell bars. Working backwards, 
That means the colonies need sorting before the week end again for this purpose. Thinking ahead, once we see the queen cells being drawn out, I'll go back in on Wednesday or Thursday next week to check, but I'll then have a fairly good idea of how many mating nukes I'll need. With any luck, it will be somewhere between 20 and 30 or more. If we have 40 cell cups in place in the cell builders, it's likely that we'll lose a small number on the way. If we get 40 capped queen cells, I'll be very surprised. Happily surprised, but surprised all the same. Thinking more of the move from cloakboard colony to mating nukes, I will need to set up the mini mating nukes as soon as we know what the take-up of cells is. The mini mating nukes don't need much setup really, but they do need preparation. Firstly, we need to get some fresh wax strips on the cell bars, then a cupful of bees need to go into each, and finally, they need to be left in a dark, quiet area for a few days, maybe three or four days, to start drawing down some comb for their new queen. Once this is done, we can move them out to the mating apiary and introduce a sealed queen cell. So in thinking about my timescale, I can do this as early as Tuesday or Wednesday next week if I intend moving the sealed queen cells over as soon as they're capped. Obviously, this timing can move a few days, up to the point that the queen cells are crowned. This is the point the finisher colony is expecting, at any time, the new virgin queens to emerge. Crowning is the process of removing the wax tip from the queen cell to make it easier for the new queen to emerge. A very risky time if you leave the queen cells all together in the finisher colony, as it only takes one virgin queen to emerge for the rest to be destroyed or for the overcrowded colony to swarm. I wonder, have I totally confused you yet? I'm in a bit of a headspin myself now, but the good news is I have an interactive spreadsheet that changes the days and dates of each part of the process depending on the moving day. And of course, I have Steph, Pete and Katie to keep reminding me of these things that need doing. So watch this space as they say. Next week, I'll update you on our progress and of course, look out for the videos on Patreon and an occasional video on YouTube. So, things to do. First things first, identify the egg donor colonies, identify the cell builder colonies for the cloakboard and the standalone colony that we'll use as a cell builder. Make sure that I have enough equipment prepared, such as the actual cloakboard itself, the Nico frames for the donor colonies, the mini mating nukes, and the BS honey nukes with division boards for splitting into two individual three-frame nukes, and also additional food stores ready to feed, sugar syrup. I'm sure I've probably forgotten something, but one thing I haven't forgotten is a podcast subscription will get you the very latest tips and techniques from me each week as they're released. As things stand, it's going to cost less than a couple of Starbucks coffees. And remember, that's drive-through prices. Head over to my Patreon page and sign up for my Podcast Plus tier for the very latest beekeeping chat and an occasional joke or two, maybe. Well, that's it for this week. I'll catch up with you again next time. But for now, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Sweet.